Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's showtime, baby. You go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. You don't have any idea what my so life was ideas. like before you came along. You know, most people want to have kids and they settle in and... That's all good. I hear ya. Jeff Lutz. I know that, dude. It's hard for me to believe that you folks don't understand the way of the world. No duh, right? 97.5 in 1240 KFH. And it's going to be legendary. Hello, everybody. It is a Monday edition of the Bob and Jeff Show. Martin Luther King Day. We welcome you in. We're here for the next hour until we give it to network radio to bring you the wild card game the rescheduled game between the Steelers and the Bills from Frigid Buffalo we're here in Frigid Wichita and I'm introducing a new co-host not permanent don't panic Jeff's not going anywhere at least that we know of but Anthony the big fella is uh, stepping in today, sitting in today for Jeff. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, my seat is warmed up. I feel like I'm in the hot seat, unlike coaches, though. <laughs> it is a little hot seat over there. Uh, but we're you, you've been uh, calling sports talk shows in this market for many years. You do a, a couple of podcasts. You're used to holding a microphone in your hand and espousing your opinions about sports. And that's really all this is about. Absolutely. I mean... When the pandemic came in, where I worked in, I'm not going to say that name, but that's when I decided, you know, I found out that podcast was free to start, and you could kind of monetize them too. So I just went with the flow and had fun with it and met great guests like the guest I'm looking at, right, the host I'm looking re- at right now. I remember being on your podcast. Uh, very honored, and, and I listen to those occasionally today. You send them to me, and I appreciate that. Uh, and it's good to have you in. It's good to be in. I never thought in my wildest dream I'd actually be back on live radio. And when you reached out to me, I'm like, oh, this is an honor right here. I mean, (laughs) I thought it was an honor to have you on my podcast. And then you reached out to me to be on your radio show. I'm like, that's a double honor. So I'm just happy to be here. Well, I appreciate it. We've got uh, Ken Pomeroy from Ken Palm. I'm looking at his rankings as we speak. It's very hard to know what to think of college basketball uh, here in the early mid part now of January. So we'll get some thoughts from Ken Pomeroy coming up a little bit later. Uh, we got the NFL playoffs to talk about today, which we will do again, a one-hour show. 
But let's start with uh, Shocker basketball. I thought they played their best half of the year in the first half uh, yesterday against Memphis. Uh, Still trailed at halftime, but it was a three-point game. And we went to the second half thinking, man, if they shore up their defense a little bit, keep shooting the ball like they did, uh, maybe they can pull off an upset. What happened? Memphis. <laughs> That's what happened. Memphis. I mean, the the torrid pace that they were shooting at and making their shots, I think that even the worst team in the NBA couldn't have stopped them. I mean, he hung 112 points on us. I'm not sure the Celtics could have stopped that. Well, that might be a stretch, but. Uh, they got hot, man. I mean, the Detroit Pistons. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they uh they uh scored what? They were they had I think they had 40 49 at halftime. At halftime, right. And finished with 110. So, I think uh, something like that. Yeah, it was 112 to 86 and the fact that we scored 86 and when you look at the stats of that game, I mean, statistically, I believe we shot over 50% for the game and the one Achilles Hill was, has been our three-point shooting, and even that was on par. What killed us, though, once again, we didn't get to the free throw line enough, which means I think we do not utilize the inside game enough, and I think your game ought to start from the inside. Who are we going to utilize inside, though? Who are the shockers going to utilize inside? Because Kenny Poto is not shown to be adept at that. Uh, Quincy Ballard, while he has some tools, just doesn't have the experience. So when you say we're gonna, we need to u- the Shockers need to utilize their inside game. They're they're kind of at a at a loss for who to go to there, aren't they? I think we're using that as an excuse because if you remember last year, and now we have to circle back to Isaac Brown when he changed his philosophy. He said we're gonna start going inside out, and we found out that Kenny Poto actually had an inside game because he became somewhat unstoppable in the American Athletic Conference. Now we move forward. You bring Quincy Acey in, and he's supposed to be working with your interior players. Maybe he need to go back and watch film and tap back into that because it started working last year, and the team improved, and we weren't so reliant on the three ball. So I think we need to tap into what it was that worked for Kenny last year and get Quincy going and probably run that high-low game, and then, if need be, kick it back out to your main three-point shooter, which would be Kobe Rogers, in a place, in a spot to where, you know, he's comfortable and can have a successful rate of shooting three-pointers. Well, we made it five minutes into the show before our first disagreement. How about that? That's pretty good. <laughs> Jeff, it's usually five seconds. So, congratulations. Yeah, this might be a record. I hear you on Poto. I think he teases us. And we think that maybe he's going to finally step into this player we all wish he would be he showed some great uh, progress coming off the bench the first couple of games that he did so and uh, I don't blame you for thinking why you know maybe Poto is that guy yesterday took two shots scored scored a basket in 17 minutes of uh, playing time I just think that when when the Shockers play a team as talented as Memphis uh, and the game is up and down, and he gets a little bit – it's hard to set up a half-court set yeah. against a team like Memphis. I do agree with that. There you go. We're back on the same page. 
So yeah, I, I I too believe that somewhere inside there, Kenny Poto's a pretty good basketball player. It just doesn't come out consistently enough, and I'm to the point now where he's midway through his junior year that I've kind of put him on the shelf until until he can show me differently. There is one simple shot between Poto and Quincy Ballard that they need to learn. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said the best. But they need to learn that sky hook. But Kareem said the best. He said these kids are not being taught the game properly. Everybody wants to be Steph Curry, including some guy six foot eleven and seven foot tall. If you have that height, I heard it said best. God made you that tall for a reason. Stay in the paint and dominate. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, Ballard took four shots in 21 minutes. He made a couple of them. But between your two big men, you only took six shots yesterday in that game. Meanwhile, Riginal took 10. Colby Rogers took 13. Uh, Harlan Beverly took 11. Uh, and they took uh, a bunch of three-pointers, 25 of them. 25? So, yeah, and Memphis took 30, but Memphis made 19. The Shockers made 13. Uh, rarely will you see a game in which 32 of 55 three-point shots are made. But that's what happened at Coke Arena yesterday. Now, if Wichita State could do that on a regular basis, then I would take that. But that's, that's the exception and not the norm, which is why come I say the game need to run inside out. But, you know, they need they – You need a – Max, is, uh, we'd like you to hold your mic a little closer to your – There you go. There you better? go. Okay. Yeah. Jeff and Duda, they eat the mic, man. They're all over it. Uh, so th there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, the big fella here w as our co-host today, uh, we'll bring him on from time to time. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah. We, you know, I think uh, I've, I've listened to you as a caller. I've listened to your podcast. There's no doubt you got the good. So we're, we're happy to have you as a part of this. Well, I've done a lot of listening and learning from people in the radio industry, and you happen to be one of them. Used to see you out there at Side Pockets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You did come out when I was doing the uh, morning show with Bruce, and yep. we were at Side Pockets about every week, actually, and did Absolutely. a live show there. So those were the good old days. Good old days. And here we are. Here I am uh, doing the show quite a few years later. Right. Still. Uh, believe it or not. So the Shockers uh, still haven't won a game in the American. They are 0-3. The prospects of going 1-3 don't look great because their next game is on the road at Florida Atlantic. Then they have a road game at South Florida. Um, so what would you tell Shocker fans who are a little bit down right now? You know, you go into every season – especially when now with the transfer portal. Uh, you go into every season kind of hopeful. Have Has Paul Mills come here and kind of built a team uh, out of the transfer portal? Didn't it, It's easier said than done, by the way. But what, do you, what would you tell a distraught Shocker fan? As hard it is, is to say this, I would say be patient. You kind of want to look in the right now, but you also kind of want to look ahead. And looking ahead, look like he has a pretty good recruiting class, or at least the foundation for a pretty good recruiting class. So you want to say, be 
patient. In the right now, you want to say, I hope there is a button that he could push and turn this team around. Start looking at the schedule and look for games that, okay, maybe we can win this game, win this game. This is a home game, maybe still a few road games. Florida Atlantic, we know they were playing in the tournament last year at a high level. So that might be a stretch. South Florida, I don't know too much about them, but Florida Atlantic, I think their coach, he's also from the Scott Drew coaching tree, isn't he? No, no, Dusty May is not, but he's certainly a highly thought-of coach. And, you know, you said South Florida. They've actually kind of – had a nice start to their season. They're nine and five. They're two and one in the conference. They beat a Temple team uh, that beat the Shockers. Uh, they beat Rice over the weekend. They go to Memphis uh, coming up th- later this week. So that'll that'll uh, show us a lot about South Florida. But that South Florida has not been a factor. So it looks like at least that they've improved a little bit. Right, they have improved, and surprisingly, down the road, 35 south, take the Cimarron Turnpike and run into Tulsa, at least record-wise, look like they have improved, too. And just the other week, they gave Memphis a run for their money. They've given Memphis a run for their money. They lost by 5 to East Carolina, by 8 to Charlotte, and by 7 to Tulane. They're 0-4 in the American Athletic Conference, but they've been in every game. It looks to me like they have a much better roster, but they just haven't figured out how to get one into the win column yet in the conference. They were 9-3 and three going into the conference, and they've lost all four of their games to start conference play. But I agree with you. I think Tulsa's better. I think probably the team, the doormat of the league, and I'm not going to say it's the Shockers. There's too much talent too, there. Right, too much season. Uh, I think it's Rice. Uh, they're they're winless in the conference and only six and ten overall, so it's still kind of shaking out. This is almost like a new conference. Yeah, uh, it it has that feel. Even though there's teams left over, uh, it there's six new ones, so it just kind of feels like we're kind of learning the American, the new American, mm-hmm. and what it's all about, and and where the power lies, and who's who's got the capability amongst these six new schools to maybe take it to a higher level. Uh, And that's what we're kind of eagerly awaiting. At least that's what I'm looking to see. Well, Florida Atlantic comes in with a nice resume, so I look for them to maintain what what they had last year and continue the ball rolling. Like you say, Dusty May is a highly thought-of coach. Um, Memphis, if we can keep them focused in the conference and stop thinking about leaving the conference. They want to. Because that has been talked about. We need them so that right there, there is at least two bids for the NCAA tournament. Memphis leaving the conference would be a huge blow. But it's my feeling that that's going to happen. They'll be able to convince somebody in the next year or two that they have enough. Uh, And having a basketball team like this, I know most of these realignment things are about football. Mm -hmm. But having a basketball team like this, Certainly doesn't hurt, and that's a rabid fan base. Let's uh, switch off to the Chiefs here for a little bit. Oh man, uh, they handled Miami. I thought Miami was uh, that was a weird, uh, weird game plan. I didn't think they ever had a shot. Are the Chiefs back? Do you? What level do you trust the Chiefs now? After they pretty much dismantled the Miami Dolphins up at Arrowhead Saturday night. 
I trust that uh, what's his name, Sheree Rice. Yeah, he's good. He's their most consistent. I'm gonna say num- wide receiver one. Uh, Kelsey got to stop dropping passes, unless that's the product of age catching up with him, or maybe it's the I'm not gonna say her name effect. Maybe it was the cold weather. But I think it's the cold weather. I believe with those two, those are your two guys that you trust in the passing game, and of course Pacheco, he showed up. And then Patrick. And Patrick is and their and defense. Patrick. And, and defense. if you were worried about the Chiefs, and and for for good cause, they have not been a consistently good team for a while. Uh, if you were worried about the Chiefs, certainly you feel better after that performance. You feel like if they do go on the road, and if Buffalo wins today against Pittsburgh, that will be where they go next. If they do go on the road, uh, you like them to be in that game at yeah. least, right? Right. And the other thing is the elements won't phase them because they're used no. to <laughs> I mean, it was 27 below with wind chill factor. So that and they did look them. much more comfortable than the Dolphins in that. Uh, the Dolphins just never got anything going. They, they tried this weird vertical passing game or horizontal passing game where they were trying, Tua was trying to throw the ball out to people along the line of scrimmage, or it, it was a, and it never worked. They couldn't get their running game going. Didn't get the running game. Uh, they just couldn't. They, they just outside of the one big play to Tyreek Hill, there was really nothing there for the Dolphins. And that was the knock. <coughs> that was the knock on Miami. Uh, uh, they like to play the speed game. Speed game. They want to outspeed you, but that doesn't always work. So during the offseason, McDaniel's going to have to find, okay, I know we got the speed, but we're going to need some basic plays that will open up the speed game because teams are going to catch on that just like they catch on the dual-threat quarterback. So they're going to have to add some more wrinkles to their offense. Otherwise, they're going to be stagnant. An interesting weekend of wild-card games, and we got two more tonight. I mentioned Buffalo-Pittsburgh. You can hear it right here. And then later on this evening, also here on KFH, uh, you've got Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. Uh, those games aren't the m- – well, I thought we would have a lot of close games, and really the only one we had was last night's Rams-Lions game, which was fantastic to watch in that, in that building with Lions fans so starved for success and yes. a, a playoff win. And they've got a team now that – uh, in my estimation, they've got another home game coming up uh, next week. They'll play the winner of uh, the Tampa-Philadelphia game in Detroit. Uh, I've kind of the two teams that I've kind of jumped on with are the Lions and the Houston, Houston Texans. Texans. Yep, but you can't discount the Packers, though. No, you can't. They got to go to San Francisco, most likely. And uh, that's a tough one. But it's doable. And the reason I say it's doable, because San Francisco's had a bye week, and I know, you know, that's to get, you know, players healed up. But you also have to think about the fact that a lot of these teams, they go through routines, and their routine has been broken. I'm pretty sure there are some players that took some time away from the facility, did some extracurricular activity outside of football, now you got to get back in the routine, whereas if you face a Packers team, 
they're used to their routine. They're used to playing. Uh, you have to get the rust off, and the Packers, they're just ready to play the game. So I'm, I'm not saying that the Packers can upset the 49ers, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Well, you never know, right? Right. Uh, we didn't think uh, we didn't think the Packers could go into Dallas and win. Every person who picked that game here uh, picked Dallas. Uh, that's myself, Jeff, Jason Duda, and Mac. So we all missed that one. That's the one time I wish I could have called in and heard those picks because I would have told y'all, be careful. Because it's something about Jordan Love as the season progressed and they started picking up wins. You could tell by his demeanor that he wasn't phased by the moment. His maturity level ramped up. Also, his confidence. Right. And when you have maturity and confidence on the same level, it makes a big difference. And All right, a bunch of you are probably saying, man, I recognize that voice. Who is that on the show today with Bob? Uh, that's the big fella, Anthony. We're ha happy to have him. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some more college basketball. Ken Pomroy and his Kim po Ken Palm rankings, uh, they are the Bible for college basketball fans. Uh, we'll get Ken Pomeroy's thoughts on the season so far and what he expects the rest of the way. You're listening to the Bob and Jeff Show. Anthony is in for Jeff. We'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This 
This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right. We are uh, happy to be joined by Ken Pomroy. His service is Ken Palm. Every college basketball fan in the country follows it. Uh, Ken, welcome. How are you? Are you in a place where it's uh, frigid, freezing? Uh, not quite frigid. No, I'm out here in Salt Lake City, and, you know, it's a relatively comfortable uh, 32 degrees and sunny right now. Well, it's 7 degrees here in Wichita, so I envy you. So I mentioned early in the show that it's uh, difficult to draw many conclusions as to the college basketball season so far. Uh, Houston, Arizona, Purdue, and Auburn are your top four in the Ken Palm rankings. Houston's lost a couple in a row. Arizona's scuffling a little bit. Purdue recently lost. Are, is, uh, have you seen the rankings um, in this kind of a jumble before? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know how to, how to answer that one. I mean, I, the way I look at it is, you know, last year was the, the first season in, in the history of the sport where every power conference team had at least six losses at the end of the year. So, you know, the standard for which we, uh, you know, identify excellence at this point is uh, maybe a little different than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago where a team could get through with two or three losses. Like, you know, teams are going to lose games. Even the best teams are going to lose games. And that does make it a little harder, I think, to identify who the best teams are. But, um, but I, I, I will say where it seems like, you know, we're headed to another year like that where uh, it wouldn't surprise me if every, every power conference team enters the tournament with, you know, at least five losses. So what is that uh, based on? Is that, uh, is that because of the transfer portal and the fact that now players are recruited basically uh, all the time? And if they don't see the opportunity to become a starter somewhere, maybe they'll go somewhere else and have that opportunity. Is that creating this kind of balance? Is that, have a, is that a factor in it? If not, what is? I would say that's a factor. I would say the number one factor is um, the COVID year right now. So, you know, college basketball is just older than it normally is. And uh, there's just more experience and more talent out there. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, yeah, the transfer portal. I mean, that, that talent now, it can find playing time wherever it wants. So, um, you know, like the, I think the second leading scorer in the nation is, Xavier Johnson at Southern Illinois, and he, you know, started at George Mason, and he's he transferred to Southern Illinois, and he's in his fifth year, and he he didn't get really good at basketball until his fifth year. So, in a normal in a normal situation, in a normal era, he'd probably be still at George Mason, and he probably would be actually wouldn't be at George Mason. He'd be playing in Italy somewhere right now because his eligibility would have expired. But he had that extra year, and um, he's able to really really help that program. And that's just one example, but I think it illustrates the effect you're talking about where there's just there's just more talent now and there's also by the way less higher end talent so you know there's more freshmen that are you know bypassing college and playing in australia or playing in the g league or or playing at overtime elite um and so that helps that hurts some of the you know higher end so-called blue blood programs who normally would grab one or two or three elite freshmen those those freshmen just don't exist anymore and especially this year when it's a a weaker class than normal anyway. Like the the quality of the freshman class is, you know, probably lower than it's ever been. 
You can go to uh, KenPalm.com and check out the Ken Pomeroy College Basketball Rankings. You can also subscribe to this service, which I highly recommend. Ken Pomeroy is our guest. Uh, so the Big 12 is one of those conferences that we spoke about being so balanced. Uh, uh, quite a few losses won it last year. Uh, Baylor and Texas Tech right now are undefeated. Uh, do you expect six, five or six losses uh, to again uh, be good enough to win the Big 12? Yeah, very well could be. I mean, right now my projections have Houston losing five in conference play, and that would be the fewest. So it's conceivable, you know, Baylor's able to sneak through with four or five losses or, you know, somebody's able to, to get their act together. I mean, my, my system's really down on Kansas, but I, I suspect a lot of people feel that Kansas could, um, you know, get through with four losses or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me if four losses won it, but that's going to – I mean, I, I think people around the country probably don't appreciate the fact that if you can get through the Big 12 with four losses, you're a very good basketball team. And, you know, the way voting for the AP poll works, if you if you have four losses in conference, you're probably not going to be like the number one team at the end of the year. But um, but it's just such a meat grinder in the league, especially on the road. I think people, you know, they thought when, when you'd add – you know, BYU and Cincinnati and, and UCF, like, oh, we're going to have some easier games on the road. And, uh, you know, as we've seen, that's not the case. I mean, certainly UCF is a, is a competent basketball team. They may not be a tournament team, but you're going to have a difficult time going in there and getting a win. Um, and, and same is true for, you know, Cincinnati and BYU as well. Like, ultimately, those teams have not really hurt the conference at all. It's still, uh, you know, still clearly the best conference in the country. And, uh and as I said, just the, the home court advantage across the league really makes it difficult to put up an excellent record. Yes, sir. Uh, Ken, this is Anthony. Uh, I also have a question for you, too. I know you guys are talking about the Big 12. I want to shift around and talk about the American Athletic Conference because they, too, have had an influx of new teams. How many teams do you see actually making it to the tournament if the tournament were to start today? How many teams will actually make it from that conference? Because it's been said that they may be a one, two at the most. Do you see more than that? No, I think I think right now it's fair to say, you know, obviously FAU and Memphis are pretty clearly tournament teams. Um, and then after that, it's, it's really hard to find a third one. Um, SMU has had a really nice year, and, and they're rated well, you know, in the net, rated well in, in my system at 45th. Uh, they don't quite have the the resume. Yet. I mean, they really don't have you know a quality win that they can hang their hat on. Um, so when you're looking for a a third team to come from the league, at this point, it certainly seems like they're going to have to you know win the conference tournament and then you know hope that obviously Memphis and, and FAU would get out large in that case. So that that would be your path to like a three bid American. But yeah, in terms of like at large resumes right now. It's FAU and Memphis, like, clearly in, and then I think it's everybody else who's, like, really struggling at this point. Talking now with Ken Palm, Roy College basketball expert. His work can be seen on at KenPalm.com. So you mentioned Memphis, and they're, they're not uh, ranked that high in your rankings. Do you, are there times, Ken, when your, uh, when your uh, numbers make you even scratch your head a little bit? Why is Memphis – only in the mid-40s at this point with a gaudy record, a tremendous offense. They certainly looked the part. 
of a potential Final Four team if their defense comes together. What are your thoughts on Memphis? Yeah, when you look at Memphis, I mean, certainly the, the record shines, but obviously my system is, is going a little bit deeper and kind of looking at, at how those wins came about. I think, you know, some of their wins too earlier in the season maybe aren't as good as, as we thought. You know, like early in the season they beat a Michigan team that, you know, maybe you know could have been a tournament team and they did pick up an important win today against Ohio State, but uh, they're not looking like a tournament team at this point. You know, they beat an Arkansas team that uh, eventually, you know, beat Duke, which is a, a really quality win. But since then, Arkansas has just completely cratered and fallen off the map. Um, you know, even other wins like, you know, Clemson and, and Virginia at home, like both of those teams, I think their reputation has taken a hit since those wins. So um, so that's part of the deal. And the other part is, like, they're they're struggling against not very good teams. Like, they went to overtime against UTSA. Um, that's a right. pretty pretty brutal game, you know. They struggled to beat Vanderbilt at home. Like, both those games at home. Like, it's like, th- those are just going to, those are not good signs for the future. Let's put it that way. Like, obviously, they're wins. And people tend to think, hey, well, you know, you just you just play down to your competition. But you do that enough, and, and you're going to get burned. And obviously, you know, in the NCAA tournament, there's really no room to be playing down to your competition. You're going to be playing really good competition every game. And so um, eventually you just, you just get burned in those close games. So I don't, you know, I have Memphis 44th right now. I don't know if they're, they're quite that bad, but I do not see them as like a, a top 10 team right now. Uh, amongst your top 40, and we're talking with Ken Pomeroy, who, who are you surprised to see in your top 40? And maybe on the flip side of that, who are you surprised to see not in your top 40 as we uh, get to the second half of January here? Well, I mean, to me, um, certainly like Colorado State, I guess, at the beginning of the season, you know, they weren't a team that um, I would have expected to be you know, a safe tournament team. Um, but they have just consistently shown that they are uh, a really solid squad. They're currently 26 um, in my system. Um, so that's, you know, probably one of the teams that, that looks looks pretty good. Um, as far as teams that, I guess, haven't made the top 40, you know, one team that's been pretty awful is they're not even in the top 100 right now is UCLA. And I would have, I realized they had, a lot of new pieces coming in, um, you know, some guys from overseas that maybe didn't, you know, were unfamiliar to, to people in the U.S., but it seemed like they had the kind of roster that Mick Cronin could work with, and, you know, he's he gets the, usually gets the most out of his, his roster, so I felt like the talent on that mm-hmm. roster should have been good enough to, uh, you know, certainly be in the mix for, for an at-large bid, maybe not a great team, but, um, but they have just been – Dreadful, to say the least. Uh, you know, did pick up a win last night over Washington, but but they have really struggled to, to beat quality competition, and so um, yeah, that's certainly one to me a, a huge surprise just how how bad they've been. I don't think I can uh, finish this interview without asking you about NIL and the transfer portal and the the incredible changes in college athletics. What do you foresee? Uh, do you think this will all settle down and we'll all become accustomed to it and there'll become there'll, there will be some parameters that are easily explainable and we, we get it? Or how long will the chaos last, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, those are two separate issues to me. Like the transfer portal, I, I you know, it's here to stay. And I think, well, we'll ultimately, especially with the, you know, the court ruling that kind of allowed 
the two-time transfers immediate eligibility this year. I just think we're headed to a, you know, a state where you can transfer freely every year and, and some guys will do that. And, and some people won't, I mean, there's still, there's still guys that stay in their program for four or five years, but I, I kind of like the transfer portal personally. I know it takes some adjustment. I mean, I, I grew up in an era where, you know, you, once a person enrolled as a freshman, you, know, you pretty much expect them to be there as a senior and it's taking some adjusting to, you know, to appreciate this new world. But I mean, I think it's, it's clearly good for the players. I know it's not great for the coaches and maybe it's not great for the fans. Although I do think by the time you get to conference play, you kind of, you kind of know your roster at that point. But um, so the transfer portal is here to stay. And I think it's ultimately good for college basketball. NIL is good for the players as well. And I, that's the area where I think you're going to see, yeah, more evolution. I don't know where it's going to end up. If it's going to end up with colleges just outright paying players, if we're eventually going to see a separation from, you know, the, the athletics and the, the educational part of the, the, the game. I mean, that's, that's something else that could happen. It's, it is a little bit more scary, the NIL part, but ultimately there's going to have to be more regulation. I mean, right now it's, um, there's, there's just, it's not a great situation for the players where they're, you know, they're entering into contracts that maybe aren't fair to them or they're just naive about the terms of. And so I think more regulation will be good for all parties involved. And um, I think, you know, I don't think it'll hurt the sport. I think the sport will, will carry on. And ultimately the players are, are getting a piece of the pie that, um, you know, I think they've long deserved. All right. Really appreciate your insight. We know you're a busy guy. We appreciate you, too, coming on our show. Thanks, Ken. All right. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. All right. Ken Pomroy. KenPom.com. If you're curious, uh, Wichita State has now fallen to 151 in the Ken Palm rankings, sandwiched between Jacksonville State and Furman. Certainly not where they want to be, but uh, better days are ahead. We'll say that. Uh, be patient, right? Be patient. I mean, with that ranking, you know, that would be the equivalent of driving over the Arkansas River and the river is low. Anthony, the big fella, is with us today in place of Jeff. Jeff will be back tomorrow. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, among our guests. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we'll be talking with Addie Brown, former Derby girls basketball standout who has hit the Big 12 running. Uh, she's one of the best players in the Big 12 as a true freshman at Iowa State. She'll be our guest, one of our guests, coming up on Wednesday. So we've got the NFL coming up right after we leave the air, the pregame to the Buffalo-Pittsburgh uh, matchup in the AFC wildcard round. Pittsburgh, uh, pretty heavy underdog. Can they go into Buffalo and make that? Uh, a game in the fourth quarter? I think with Buffalo facing Pittsburgh, throughout the year you was used to their starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like now they've inserted Mason Rudolph because the Mitch Trubisky experiment. That, that just, experiment needs to that go is, That just didn't work. And here you have Mason Rudolph who's been – in the black and gold for some years, almost overlooked. He comes in, and all of a sudden, the offense actually looks competent, like they can actually get the ball downfield to their playmakers, which is, in essence, kind of opened up the running game because I didn't realize Najee Harris quietly 
over a thousand yard season. But he's picked up at least I know a hundred yard game plus here recently, and that's because the passing game has opened up their running game. So anything can happen. They figured out a way to win ten games in the regular season. Right. Uh in a division with Cincinnati and Cleveland and Baltimore. So I gotta give I gotta take my hat off uh to Mike Tomlin, who always has a good team. And I believe Pittsburgh's gonna go into this game tonight against a Buffalo team that's good. I don't know what the weather's gonna look like. It's gonna be cold and it, as it always is in Buffalo at this time of year. But I I give Pittsburgh at least a decent chance. I give them a fighter's chance. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll win, but I, I don't think it's a ten-and-a-half-point game either, yeah. which is what the line was. i take Pittsburgh and the points and come out with some money in my pocket. All of us did except Max, who's having just a miserable miserable week in the picks. He's going to have to shovel his way out of that part in the pun. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Maybe Buffalo will cover. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. But uh, listen, that's why he's. Uh, that's why gambling's hard, right? Right. And then later tonight, Philadelphia on the road to face Tampa Bay. The season has gone south. Not only are the Eagles going south, their season has gone south. They're uh, the defending NFC champion, and they're facing a Tampa Bay team that has Baker Mayfield. I don't know. This almost doesn't even feel like a playoff game, but uh, can Philadelphia right its ship? If if I can do it like this, playoffs. <laughs> but <laughs> Philly is in a very unique situation because here they are. They're back in the playoffs. Uh, NFC East uh, champs from a year ago, runner-up in the Super Bowl, and yet they're talking about their coach might not be back. I mean, that's almost unheard of. Of course, we've seen it with Doug Collins when he coached the Chicago Bulls. He had winning seasons, but they want to go a different direction. They insert Phil Jackson. So if Philly loses this game and Nick Sirianni loses his job, who does Philly look to next? Well, I don't know. I don't, it it seems drastic to me that that he would lose his job, but – I suppose stranger things has happened. Speaking of losing jobs, uh, as we speak, Mike McCarthy still has his job in Dallas. Will that be the case tomorrow and later in the week? I, you know, i seen a report, and it's centered around Micah Parsons because, you know, Dak's extension is coming up. If you give Dak his extension, will you have enough money for next year to pay Micah Parsons? And then there's the Dan Quinn factor. You have to throw that in because if Dan Quinn gets a job and if you don't have enough money to pay Micah Parsons, which is the cornerstone of your defense, could Micah Parsons pack up and go wherever Dan Quinn goes if he gets a head coaching job? So now Jerry Jones finds himself in the pickle. Do I keep McCarthy or do I keep my players happy? Which is... Dan Quinn could probably end up being the next Dallas head coach. After that performance yesterday by their defense, I know they had a really good year defensively, especially at home. I'm giving up 15-plus points per game, and there are eight wins at home. But they gave up 48. Dan Quinn, is Dan Quinn a hot number right now? Dan Quinn's name always comes up. I know, up. why? Well, 
when you pr- keep producing the top-ranked defense year in and year out, and in Dallas's defense now, Dak gave up at least 13 of those points or 14 of those points on two pick sixes. So we minus the 14 points, and then you get what Dallas's defense actually gave up. But that's one of those exception and not the norms. Unless you said about Philly, stranger things have happened, and we're talking about Jerry Jones. Yeah, you never know what Jerry's going to do, and and I think Dallas fans are to the point, if they weren't there already, of saying it's our owner. He's the problem. Sell the team. Let's uh, if you really want to do the best thing for the Cowboys, Jerry, how about you're 82? How about saying, you know. I'm going to sell this team now and uh, kind of ride off into the sunset. Uh, Proud of my accomplishments of 30 years ago. Because that's really the last time Dallas accomplished anything. I know you're kind of a Cowboys fan. Mm -hmm. And you probably maybe want to come over the table right now and punch me. No. I hope not. No, I I don't punch people for telling the truth. (laughs) I punch people when they start lying. You, everything you said is point on, I, and I wish Jerry Jones would relinquish some power, which means most likely he would have to sell the team. The scary thing is if Jerry Jones stepped down, there's another Jones, and I don't think there's much difference. Like they say, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Dadgum sons, they'll get you every time, won't they? You should know about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except I don't have anything to turn over to mine. Uh, I guess maybe would he take over this radio show if I ever left, you think? If he don't, I'd be closer behind. I'll there you be, go. I'll be the son that you didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And then last night was the best game. Uh, we talked about it briefly earlier. Boy, the Rams have talent offensively and defensively. Uh, Detroit ha- needed everything they could to hold them off. Um, I'm, I was impressed by the Rams. Yes. Uh, I was impressed by the Lions' offense in the first half. But if they played again, I think the Rams have more talent than Detroit. But Detroit held on. I, and Detroit's got a lot of talent, too. But yeah. I was really impressed with that receiving core for the Rams. Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. And you still have the veteran. Cooper Cup, and then Matt Stafford. I mean, he looked good. He looked good. And talk about the awkwardness of that game because the simple fact, you're going back to the building where you played for all these years, and there was rumbling that some of the fan base was kind of salty because he leaves there, goes to the Rams, immediately wins the Super Bowl. And now here at golf is, so the rally is we need golf to get this victory to cement himself and say that he beat a Super Bowl quarterback. So there was a lot of narrative yeah, in that game. I was happy for golf. I was happy for the Lions. What did you think of the hit on Tyler Higby? Now it looks like he has a torn ACL. Uh, low blow. We, I'm, we're not quickly. I thought they need to get that hit out of the, out of the game, in my opinion. There's, there, yeah, uh, there's no place for it. Uh, unfortunate happenings on that uh if you want to clean the game up there are some hits you just have to get out yeah that was nasty all right we appreciate all of you listening it's good to have the big fella anthony in today 
Uh, you'll be hearing him here on the show periodically. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll be, we will be back tomorrow. Jeff will join me. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director amongst our guests. Have a good night. NFL coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.